I just remember she'd have dinner parties for all the doctors and their wives or the neighborhood, you know, our neighborhood neighbors. And they would always say, gosh, baby, you know, you really should open a restaurant. You really should open a restaurant. Your food is fantastic. Oh, gosh, that's just silly. That's just silly. You know, sometimes at night, I want something to eat out of my kitchen. Welcome to Buy Sci-Fi Bite-Sized Finance. I'm Kelly Brothers. I'll be your host serving up some of the most succulent stories from our region about people, places, and things that impact our community and your financial well-being. I'm sure there will even be a few tasty surprises here and there when the recipe is right. Our goal is to have you learn, think, even laugh a little bit, all calorie-free. I know you'll enjoy what we're delivering right to your kitchen table or dining room or... Sir, will you be eating in your car wherever you choose to listen? Kelly Brothers back with Buy Sci-Fi, Bite-Sized Finance. And what a great conversation we have for you today. Because one of the saddest moments of this entire pandemic was the announcement that Biba was going away. What a sad, sad day that was. Because it was very much at the beginning, wasn't it? Early May, I think it was. So I am joined today by Carla Caggiano Elkins and Paula Caggiano McNamara. That is a f- mouthful right there. <laughs> Biba's two daughters. I'm joined by Biba's two daughters, who, of course, and for those of you who don't know, Biba was the restaurant in town, and Biba herself was the queen of hospitality. And she always made you feel welcome when you entered that beautiful place. And sadly, Biba passed away last August. And of course, that was a terrible day as well. But the restaurant was carrying on. Biba had such a great staff. The restaurant carried on until the pandemic hit and you had the shutdown and all sorts of other things. And Carla and Paula were good enough to come by and to speak with us today. Carla, we're going to begin with you. Welcome, Carla. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. And let's start with how tough was that day? How tough was it? Whenever that week before you all sat down and had to make a decision as to whether or not the end was at hand. That was really, really hard. There were a lot of conversations between Paula and I over the week prior, weeks prior. It was a lot of heartache, a lot of roller coaster rides. It was very difficult. It was a very difficult decision to make. When your mom passed away, I mean, it, you know, as someone whose parent suffered from dementia before he passed away as well. It's not a complete surprise, obviously. You see a diminishment over years. What was, Carla, kind of the the way you thought you could run the restaurant without Biba around? How was that going to work? Not very well. Yeah. It wasn't going to work very well. I mean, we always, we always knew that from the get-go, but as she diminished in health, we realized that We had wonderful people taking care of that place and taking care of her and my father as as her health declined. They did a wonderful job, but people went there to see her. They went there to rub elbows with Biba and say they saw her and she came to the table. She not only came to the table. Oh no, she she sat down at the table with she you. She hugged often. you. She, <laughs> she kissed you. She, she told you what to eat. <laughs> she did. Paula, let's get you in here. So Sorry. She, she, did. she would. She would tell you what to eat. I remember one time I took my wife and two daughters there and 
she just grabbed my two daughters and they were gone for 20 minutes and they were back in the kitchen and she was showing them how to make pasta. I think that's her favorite part or was her favorite part was like showing, especially children or kids who want, who ever want to get in that kitchen. This is the heart of this place. This is where all the magic happened. Yeah. Yeah. Paolo, what was it like growing up in that house? with Biba in the kitchen, or maybe Biba not in the kitchen because she was in the other kitchen, the restaurant kitchen. Well, I think Carl and I will agree that our probably our favorite memories were coming home from school. Was it on a Friday? And she'd have the ladies in the kitchen. She was teaching them how to cook, and they'd be making pasta or whatever dish it was of the day. And they'd share a little wine, and they were enjoying themselves. So by the time we came home, they were all sitting down at the table and eating their the fruits of their labor and drinking wine. And it was fun and loud and enjoyable. They're having a great time. Do you have any memory, either of you, of the decision in the family that Biba was going to move beyond teaching the ladies how to cook pasta and actually open up her own restaurant? Carla, what what do you remember about that? I just remember always being around the family dinner table and always remarking the food was always so good She'd have dinner parties for all the doctors and their wives or the neighborhood, you know, our neighborhood neighbors. And they would always say, gosh, baby, you know, you really should open a restaurant. You really should open a restaurant. Your food is fantastic. Oh, gosh, that's just silly. That's just silly. And then I just remember, I don't know what year it was or what day it was or anything. I do remember her. Oh, you remember saying, wouldn't it be awesome or wouldn't it be great if I really did open a restaurant? And then after that, it just snowballed. And it happened. I mean, it obviously not overnight, but it did. It, and Paolo, what are your memories of, of that moment? Because that's a that was a seminal moment in the Caggiano family history. Well, I kind of felt bad for mom because I think Carl and I just thought, oh my gosh, really, mom? You really want like we're thinking about our own like lives. Right? We're really going to open an Italian restaurant. It's going to have the stereotypical Chianti bottles and all this. And we thought, really, is this going to work? And and her heart was in it, and people kept pushing her to do it. And Carla, what I remember was in college. I was a sophomore in high school, I think, when it finally opened. And although we had been there when they were reconstructing the inside of the old tavern because they did some work to it to move things around, they couldn't touch a lot because it was a historical place. But to turn it into a restaurant that she wanted, they were doing a lot of work. And we'd go there when it was empty and run around and just look at the walls and think, oh, my gosh, this is not going to be her restaurant. And then I'll never forget going when it was all put together and her opening night. She had a week of all these soft openings. And I just, Carl, yeah, Carla just said it. We both cried. It was unbelievable. Just so, never thought it would be that big, beautiful place. Well, not only that, I mean, not only structurally did it turn out beautiful and classy, but then your mom just filled it up. I mean, she really did. Carla, tell me about, I always love the stories of, who were some of the famous people who came to Biba? I mean, I hate, you know, for a while there, Biba was it in Sacramento. It was, I mean, there's a lot of great options now, but there was a 10-year stretch at least there where people came just to go to Biba. They did. I mean, we had, of course, our, our legislative folks who came in on the regular, Willie Brown, Rusty Reyes, all the capital folks. Yeah. But I do remember... King's people coming in too. Yeah. When Joan Collins came in, was it Joan? Was it Joan Collins? I forgot about 
Joan Collins came in. I don't remember what she was doing in town or anything, but she came in, and my mom was so flustered that she said, it's nice to meet you, Miss Jones. I'm Biba, instead of Miss, Mrs. Collins. And I'll, I'll never forget her regaling us with that story. But I, that's one of the more famous ones, people I remember coming in. Anyone Do else? You, you want remember. anyone else come to mind? Because I had heard, I don't know. I'd heard Elton John had ordered takeout. I'd, er, you know, I'd, I'd uh, heard. You know, well, it's funny because mom and mom, especially, but mom and dad both were not. They didn't share a whole lot with us. Just as far as even some of the warts and things mom got over the years, I feel like we learned about it after the fact. They just didn't talk about a lot of that stuff. So we would hear kind of through the rumor mills too yeah. what were who was there, what was happening. So I didn't, I didn't, I never heard the Elton John story. Really? I know even just like Robert Mondavi coming in and they had a great relationship, a lot of culinary people. When you think of the business of running a restaurant, I mean, your mom was a fabulous cook, chef, and she had great hospitality instincts. Beyond that, did the business side of it at all challenge her? Oh, absolutely. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah. She had never been trained in that, really, right. you know, and it's a big thing to go from cooking in your kitchen or even doing cooking shows and things. She did writing books. Like it all kind of, she stepped up to that. It wasn't like she opened the door one day without doing anything before that, but to open a business and employ that many people, it did. It frightened her and she took it very seriously. Like I'm sure you've heard before, she referred to all those employees as her kids and it was very personal for her. Yeah. It meant a lot to her. Um, I re well, I remember... Back years ago, I was doing the noon show on KCRA. So I did a cooking segment with your mom, you know, every week for a while there. And uh, someone had the bright idea, which was a great idea, not for me, but for some lucky photographer that they were going to send Biba and a photographer and a producer to Italy for three weeks to just do cooking segments in Italy. And Rich York was the photographer, and he thought it was the greatest assignment he ever received to go and just go from one part of Italy to the next, eating his way through Italy. Was that with Bob Murphy? Might have been, yeah. Yeah. When she was doing weeknight. Yeah. Let's talk for a moment, too, about your dad, because many may know or may not know, Dr. Vincent Caggiano is a noted oncologist, and he was such a fixture I remember looking at them together thinking, this is like their living room. This was after you guys were grown and gone. But I mean, that bar, they would sit there with their little salad and their, you know, and their pasta and their They're glass of wine. The and, and your dad was dressed to the nines. He was always impeccably dressed. We just left him at the house with a full suit on, by the way. <laughs> he doesn't even leave the house every day. And through the 40-hour power outage he just had, he had a tie on the entire time. He did? The entire time. Really? Sweater, coat, labeled shirt, and the tie underneath wow. it all. But I remember because I'd <laughs> see him there at lunch. And I remember saying, how does that man keep his waistline at 34, 36, whatever it is? I mean, he was, because uh, he ate well, he but he, he ate in moderation, I guess, too. That was your parents' living room, especially in their later years, wasn't it? Absolutely. It was their second home. And I think that's one reason at the end when mom wasn't doing well. And Carl and I would say to dad, she should stay home. She shouldn't go in, dad. And he said, this is where she needs to be. This is going to keep her well, it's going to, it was yeah. so important for her, he thought, and you could see it in her, even when she would be in there, if she were kind of a little vacant at home, 
As soon as she walked in that place, you could tell, even if she couldn't share those emotions, they were there. Yeah. It's like she was on. Absolutely. Someone flicked the switch and you would get glimpses of the old Biba, right? Absolutely. We would, Carl and I would look at each other like astonished at times when we were there. Like how, how is she behaving like this when at home she's not well, but she was here and she would just turn on. So how is your dad doing now that not only is his life partner gone, but his living room's gone? He misses her a lot. Does he? Does he? He does. He talks about her every day, of course. This pandemic has been a challenge for sure. Yeah. Because you took a man who was going to his second home every night of the week. Yeah. To all so, of his. And sudden, I don't even know. Was he was there still going even oh, after absolutely. your mom was gone? Oh, he absolutely. Was, yeah. yeah. He absolutely was. Because then it was, you know, he needed to make sure everything was still functioning the way she would want it to function. Yeah. So, and I bet you the staff took great care of them too. Oh, but, uh, both of them. Yeah. Yes. They take great care of them. They, they were wonderful people. Wonderful. Yeah. But he, you know, he's doing as well as can be expected. You know, it's a little bit like Groundhog Day every day, but we see him during the day or in the evening for dinner. And he's just, he, for a 90 year old man, you really wouldn't know it talking to him really? for sure. Yeah. For he turned him. 90 in July. So what about you two? Did either of you get your mom's skill in the kitchen? I like to eat good food. Does that count? <laughs> we all like to eat good food. Can you cook good food? Oh, uh, no. Well, I it's funny because before we had kids, we lived in a little studio apartment in San Francisco. I was in law school. My husband was actually down at UCLA in business school. and We, mm-hmm. we had a little studio in the city. He'd come up on the weekends and I would hand roll out pasta on this tiny little counter space. It was, I can't even describe how big it was. It was tiny, but I had no kids, probably more time than I could ever imagine. And I would make tortelloni and ravioli by hand, like my mom taught us. It's been a long time since I've done that, unfortunately. I mean, we do, I, I dumb it down a little bit. So I make some of the things that we remember growing up, but it's yeah. not quite as... She's full of malarkey. Yeah. She's a fantastic cook. Really? She is a fantastic cook. Yeah. I know oh, what it's supposed to look like. I know what it's supposed to taste like. I would just prefer to be on that end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Serve to you. Exactly. <laughs> so it must be very sad now to drive past the restaurant. No, oh, it is so sad. Heartbreaking. It is. And, you know, we've been trying very hard to support all the local restaurants in Sacramento during this time. So we drive by it frequently, going to pick up food here and there in Midtown and downtown, and it's just weird. Yeah. It's just weird. Well, and I was talking to recently to Randy Perigary, who, of course, I was, just a, saw the was segment. a competitor to your mom, but was also one of a great admirer of your mom, like most of her, you know, folks who, and, you know, he's just opening up that Fort Sutter Hotel, and he said, I always envisioned Biba being right across the street. That was always part of the vision of the hotel and a place where you could go for a drink afterwards or spend the night, but go there. And so I'm, I'm sure it is hard. What, what do you think is the great lesson of your mom's life and career in terms of, I mean, to, cause, and I'll, while you think about it, I mean, to me, she's uh, the personification of the American dream, someone who comes here and has a skill and then can actually share that skill with others and be paid well for it. But more than that, just have an incredibly rich life full of people who loved and admired her and who she could sit at her table every night of the week, you know? 
when we were young, you know, do what you love and the money will come, right? Yeah. And we'd laugh like, oh. but when you look at her career, I always was a little bit jealous of it because I thought she was home with us when we were little, but she, she started on this path of things she loved to do, cooking and entertaining and teaching people. I mean, she really truly wanted, if you didn't know, I'll never forget I had, uh, when I was practicing law, one of my partners was coming to Sacramento for a meeting or some, there was a case up here. And he said, I'm going to go to, to your mom's restaurant. I called my mom and I said, mom, you cannot lecture him. You can't tell him this is my partner. I'm just an associate, you know, da, da, da. So <laughs> he comes and goes, Leave him alone. I hear nothing. I call my mom, I'm like, mom, how'd it go? Like, yeah. what did you do? She's like, well, he wanted pasta on the same plate with his meat. I had to tell him I can't do that for him. So <laughs> I taught him how to eat the, in the different courses. And I, I waited for him to come back in the office. And I thought either he was going to say to me, oh, your mom was awful. She was so mean or whatever. When he came in, he goes, oh, fell in love with her, obviously, and said, you know, he was from New Jersey. So he kind of had that New Jersey Italian yeah. sentiment. And he, yeah, he just, he adored her. And I just, so I think the takeaway when you say that was she, she did what she loved. She, yeah. and I think she would agree that she was very lucky. She was able to do what she loved and make a life out of it. Yeah. And, and to have that restaurant be what it was, special memories for people, I mean, the letters we got her as she passed, after she passed, about, you know, I was there for so-and-so's birthday or my engagement or my weddings. I mean, it just... That's, she was one of those people to me, Paula, who, who did exactly what she was put on earth to do. Absolutely. You know, she it, it just... That restaurant made full use of all her gifts, in my mind, you know? And I'll tell you, I mean, when my sisters got married and we had family who came from all over and from Ireland... It was always a thrill to say, we're going to go to Biba tonight. And, you know, and to have these Europeans say, we haven't had food like that in Italy before, you know, was just a real testament. So what about you, Carla? I want to get a last comment from you. Her story, like you said, the immigrant story, you know, 18 years old, got on a boat, left her family behind to go with the man that she loved. And I think what people don't realize, because I'm sure it it was the same for my dad, when they got on a boat, the whole village came down because you didn't know if someone was coming back or not. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like today where you go on a plane for a year abroad and then everyone, you know, it, it was very different. It was a, a complete change. That took guts. And she, yeah, she didn't. It, the English was not her forte. She barely spoke English when <laughs> last year. <laughs> I always accused her and Satirical Catronus of actually their accents got thicker the longer it's they were in America. Very true. It's very <laughs> true. And when she couldn't even think speak English, like she couldn't speak at all, she would revert to Italian. It was yeah. easier for her. Because, yeah. yes, and it was definitely easier for her. That muscle memory was huge. Yeah. Well, we thank you both. No. It's great to have you in. And I think people I will just love hearing your voices again and knowing that your dad is doing fine. He's doing great. And that I want you to know we all remember and love your mom very, very much. Oh, we appreciate that so much. I mean, there's nobody that we love talking about (laughs) less than our mom. So it's an easy subject. Continue to hear her voice in your head because I do. It makes me giggle with that Italian (laughs) accent. Just listen. Oh, yes. If you're doing something wrong. Now, come on, Paola, whoever it is, just think about it. She will talk to you <laughs> in that That's Italian good. accent. I like that. I like that. Yeah, we could pull up the old Channel 3 noon things and and just listen. Carla Elkins, Paula McNamara, both of you Cagianos, though, at heart. Thank you so much.
Truly appreciate it. For joining me today on Buy Sci-Fi, Bite-Sized Finance. Ciao. This Buy Sci-Fi podcast brought to you by CapTrust Sacramento. Genevieve's Burford and Brothers is now CapTrust Sacramento. Our mission is to enrich the lives of our clients, colleagues, and communities through sound financial advice, integrity, and a commitment to service beyond expectation. CapTrust Sacramento. Special thanks to KCRA TV for the pre-recorded audio of Biba from an interview on her favorite yet simple dishes. If you liked what we served up today, please give us your rating, subscribe, and by all means, share. Music for the show produced locally by Kitty O'Neill and her band, Skylar's Pool. The discussions and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the speaker and are subject to change without notice. This podcast is intended to be informational only. Nothing in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, investment advice, or a recommendation to invest in any securities. CapTrust Financial Advisors is an investment advisor registered under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. CapTrust does not render legal advice.